Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul, On Demand, Episode 60 with Nate Smith. Um, your label refers to you as having a Velvet Thunder voice. You know, I don't know who wrote that, but dude, hey, very so kind to of you. Velvet Thunder would be a good stripper name. <laughs> Wouldn't it though, dude? Like if you went Up like, next, Velvet, Velvet Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's Had pretty you, good. That's my stripper name. <laughs> That's what I'm Let's saying. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. my stripper name. This guy's a real deal, man. Uh, we had a lot of fun hanging out with Nate Smith in studio. We're going to go through the whole interview next. Uh, as usual, please give us a like, a subscribe, a comment, a rating. All that helps us out here at Taste of Country Nights On Demand. Uh, it's Evan Paul here on Taste of Country Nights with Nate Smith. What's happening? Hey, good to see you, man. Great, man. Good to see you. T- tell me the story behind uh, Whiskey on You. Yeah, so for me, the song is just, you know, it's it's about getting to the other side of a breakup. So it's kind of like once you get through that point of like, you know, you're going through it. Once you get to that other side, you're like, I think I'm going to be all right. I'm going to live. I'm going to survive this horrible pain I'm feeling. And I'm going to go out with my boys or whoever, you know, and that's that's why it feels kind of anthemic to me, you know. So did you, you're yeah. a co-writer on it, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you, how long did you have the idea and was it like in your phone? Or? No, no. So it, it, it was kind of all just kind of happened at once. So I, I went and did this writer's retreat. Um, in the middle of nowhere and uh, was with a couple buddies and we're just out talking about what was going on in our lives at the time and I think one of the writers said whiskey on you and uh, I was like that's that's great let's let's see if we can write that and we did the demo that day and then um, I think I started teasing it on TikTok probably a couple weeks after that and then it's on radio now it's kind of a crazy thing it's hasn't been very long so I want to talk about the TikTok thing um it helped. So, like, people that don't know, your career kind of got launched twice. Like, you came to Nashville, yes, yes, went yes, back, yes. came yep. back. Um, did the TikTok thing kind of help the second time around, or and did it not? Did Were you not on it the first time, or how did that come about? Yeah, because when I first moved here, it was 2007, okay. so there was no TikTok and stuff. So, yeah, definitely this round, like, you know, it's an amazing tool, and I feel like if, if you're an artist and you're not, this is my personal belief, if you're not using it, you know, good luck, you know, because it, it really is, like, an awesome platform to get stuff out there. So, um, yeah, just started using it, and it's been it's been incredible. It's been a game changer. Do you see yourself always testing songs out on social media first, Definitely. and then putting them out? That's kind of where we're at too. It's like it's like we're we're really in a place where like the listeners get to decide, you know, what they like, and and it, that's kind of fun. I love I love that part of it. I love feedback. And, I like you know, that. Yeah. Um, your label refers to you as having a Velvet Thunder voice. You know, I don't know who wrote that, but dude, hey, very so kind to you. Velvet Thunder <laughs> would be a good stripper name. <laughs> like if you went up like, next, Velvet, Velvet Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's had pretty you, good. That's had, my stripper name. <laughs> that's what I'm Let's saying. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my stripper name. Had you ever heard of your voice being described as that? Just there. That's the only place I've ever heard anything. But it, it kind of, in a weird way, it, it I don't know, like. I think it's unique how they said that, you know? Yeah. Does it add any pressure to you? Like, oh, man, now every song I have to have a Velvety Thunder type sound? <laughs> no. Gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is your first major label kind of uh, release. Yep. Um, stuff that you worked on before your major label release, and maybe you had some local success with, will that stuff ever come make a resurgence now that you're on a big label? Like songs that you may have put out in 07 or something, you know? Yeah, um, those probably won't, but um, before I signed my record deal, I put out a song called Wildfire, a song called Under My Skin, and a song called Sleeve. And I, I released those prior to signing. Um, obviously, they're under the umbrella of Sony now, but those were those were ones that were that were, you know, 
demos and that kind of thing. What so. about the ones from back in the day? Do you not like any of them? Any of them still? Would they not stand the test of time? Are you doing better now? Man, I think I think I've just changed a lot and grown a lot and kind of learned my voice more because I didn't really know how like and I still I'm still learning, but like just really truly didn't know how I wanted to present myself and the best way to like kind of say this is me, you know and and I think. I just had to get to a real place. I had to go through some life, you know, to kind of get to that place and just sort of now I can just kind of be myself and it just kind of somehow it's all come together, you know, and I'm thankful for that. So. Um, Elvis, you cite as one of your, yeah. have you ever been to Graceland? Never have. Dude. Never have. I know. It's wrong. Uh, yeah, I've been it's like wrong. seven times. You got to go, man. To. You can walk to. on his airplanes. Like Really? Oh, yeah. You can get into his uh, living room and his, uh, you go on his airplanes, his billiards room, his kitchen. You could walk down through the jungle room. Like, you actually feel like you're Elvis. Like, you got to go there. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, he was one of the first artists I remember listening to as a kid, and I was just trying to imitate his his voice and driving my my little brother nuts. Like, <laughs> we're, it's a school night, and I'm <laughs> on the bunk bed, and he's like, dude, you got to stop. I'm going to freaking freak out on you. You didn't so. try to imitate Elvis' dance moves? I, just, I don't got any moves. <laughs> I mean, I can sort of kind of, I mean... He, some of my buddies say I do got some news, but I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's up for debate. You also cite Garth. as yes. Have you ever had a chance to meet Garth? That's that's a bucket list thing. Um, I've seen him live, obviously, and stuff, but I've never met Garth. I'd like to, though. Yeah. What about um, who would you want to work with in country in Nashville? Like, who's on your bucket list of artists that you either want to write with or record with? Um, you know, I, I would love to, to, to do something with Garth. Um, Stapleton, obviously, um, Ashley Gorley, I'm a huge fan of him and, um, we'll be writing this fall. I'm pretty excited about that. So, um, and some other stuff, but yeah, I think, you know, that's the cool thing about getting a record deal is, is you have those opportunities that you wouldn't have gotten, you know, before that. So, yeah, if you had like an old school Rolodex, it would be huge or it'd be, it's getting bigger and bigger every day. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, uh, your video for whiskey on you is funny. Like it's funny. It's kind of wild, huh? Are you gonna Are you gonna put out all funny videos from this on, or is this like? <laughs> no, no. We just it just like was one of those ones where we just kind of talked about it, and we we're like, this would be great to have my band. I mean, Maddie here was in it, um, and the rest of my guys and stuff. We just honestly had a blast making it. I think it needed to be kind of a carefree, like I made it to the other side, kind of a video and stuff. I think that's just part. Of, that's one part of my personality, you know, that mm-hmm. I haven't I've never shown so on a music video and stuff. So it was good. Yeah. Um, you talk about uh, like anxiety and dealing with that. Yep. How has anxiety changed now that like when you go on stage, there's more people in the audience? Has that affected your anxiety, or is it not a really a stage performing anxiety? I think what had happened is when I when I moved to town again, um, when I first was taking meetings and, and getting to sit down with like Sony Publishing and meeting everybody there, or taking my management meeting, I was really nervous, and I was like. I don't know how I'm going to do this because it, it did. It was really overwhelming. It was exciting, but it was like scary, you know. And I think I've just been. I'm at a place now where I'm just. Uh, what had happened for me? The shift was. It was a mindset shift. So it was kind of like it's not about me. It's about them. I'm in the service industry. I'm here to serve. So my job is to get up there on stage and serve, you know. So when I realized that, I'm like, oh, then there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. I'm here to serve and like and make sure everybody has a good time and stuff. And it just took all the pressure off. You have to sing a certain way. Or you have to be a certain. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that was the game changer. Looking sure. back to your first time in Nashville, mindset wise, what was different? Do you think that helped you excel the second time? I mean, as a as a, I was twenty three, you know, uh, I was just I just everything's different. You know, I I just went through a lot of life and was young and just probably made everything about myself and you know all that kind of thing. So. 
Where have you been uh, out in public and uh, just randomly heard your song "Whiskey on You" playing? Um, I've heard it on the radio, um, but a lot of honestly, a lot of times um, people will send me a video. Nate, I'm in a I'm in a gas station and it's playing, or Nate, I'm over at this bar and it's randomly playing in this random state and like that kind of thing. So I usually am not the one that gets to hear it. Usually my friends and they'll they're awesome. They'll send me a video of it. So. Cause you're on, you're out on tour. Like you, yeah. you got a huge schedule going on, man. In He's between a busy the, fella. the Brett Eldridge and, <laughs> yep. and you're, what, have you picked up any pointers from Brett? Oh, dude. Every, I mean, literally, I'm a student with Brett and uh, he's, I'm lucky enough to say he's a good friend now. And, um, uh, you know, I learned that you can't say no to dodgeball on tour. That's the big thing I've learned. Uh, I finally said yes. I'm not an athlete, dude. I'm not an athlete. But I said yes. I'm like, all right, I'll get out there and do it. And it turns out the, the, the balls are soft. I know that's kind of funny. I know we're all giggling right now, but they are. Uh, they're soft. And it, it was it was a good time. But on a serious note, just the way that he is a leader and the way that he carries himself, I've been watching all of it. And uh, he takes really good care of, of the people around him and stuff. So. Uh, finally, uh, so Michael Ray, are you familiar with Michael yeah. Ray? Okay. Yeah. So he had a song about whiskey and he told me that when that song came out, like everywhere he goes, he was just inundated with whiskey. Are, are you finding that like meet and greets and car people just bringing you whiskey or is that not a thing? I got a stuffed animal the other day. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a whiskey stuffed animal, but it was a Clifford dog. I haven't really had that many people. Honestly, no, I wouldn't say, but. There's always Jack Daniels backstage for me, you know, before the show, and <laughs> yeah. I, I drink that most of the time. All right, and thanks to Nate Smith for stopping by. We're going to bring in uh, Billy Dukes from behind the camera, uh, talk about this uh, interview. What a guy he is, huh? I love that story about how it's been 15 years between tries. He doesn't really look that old, though. I mean, I guess what, he must be in his mid-30s or something. Yeah, I, I, man, I got to tell you, I would have given up, man. I, I don't know, but like he came here and it tried to happen and it didn't happen. That it takes a lot to to come back, and uh, I feel like he knew it when he came back this time, though, that it was going to work. I feel like that makes him a little bit more relatable as well. I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have anything in your life where you, you can kind of relate to that, uh, where you, it, it took two or three tries to get it right? Everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of radio. You know, I've I think I've worked like ten cities, ten radio jobs. There's probably about three or four in there that that didn't work out very well. That uh, you know, I I should have given up. I guess one time I almost gave up. I started. It was the only time in like twenty something years I started applying for. Just jobs on LinkedIn, but I realized like I have no experience. Like I'm yeah. like I can't do anything. There's no transferable skills, <laughs> right? Like I was like maybe I could be a social media person, but like I don't know a lot about social media. I'm aging out of that. Like so, yeah, man. I I give him a lot of kudos because what was he really doing in those years? You know. Was he still just playing music? Probably a little bit, but he must have had a few regular straight jobs. Maybe it was like a car salesman or something. I mean, or you know, what do people do? I mean, selling shoes at Foot, foot Locker? Do they still have Foot Lockers? They don't have Foot Lockers. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I would chalk that up to another question we need to ask him next time he comes by. Um, but yeah, car sales seems to be what the entertainment industry goes to when it doesn't work out. It, the TikTok... I mean, I, I sound ancient when I call it the TikTok, but I, I meant to, to say something kind of different. TikTok success is really interesting to me because I don't think artists want to be known as 
TikTok artists, per se, because that seems to hit a wall at a certain point. But on the other hand, he was a big champion for using TikTok to sort of market his music and to reach an audience that he just didn't have a, a road to in any other form or fashion. Yeah, I feel like we're just um, like nobody, nobody really knows too much about the music and TikTok and how they're going to link up and how it's going to end up. I know that, you know, just like uh, Nate Smith, I mean, you can be an artist and no one can follow you and no one can really know about you. And all of a sudden you post a song, go to sleep and wake up in the morning. You're the most famous person in the world. You know, like um, it it happens, but then is there longevity to that? And I think that's what we're, we're looking to see, but you know, I, I think it's just going to take time. I mean, are there any TikTok artists per se that are, I mean, I, I, gosh, it, I mean, how old is TikTok? I guess there's, I guess it's hard to tell. So this is an interesting question. I guess to look for a parallel, you might go to someone like Kane Brown, who really, he got his oh, yeah. start sharing videos on Facebook. Um, that was kind of how he became famous, but. It took him a while. I mean, he had three or four songs that stiffed before he finally stiffed is what we call failed on the radio charts before he finally had a hit song. And then it's been kind of the sky's the limit. But I don't know. I also think of an artist like um, Andrew Janakos, really nice guy. He was super hot on TikTok. They gave his song a try on radio and it did so so. And we haven't really heard from him since. Um, Robin Ottolini was a Canadian artist, really big song on TikTok did so-so and she's still working. I think she's still signed to a record label, but she hasn't been able to sort of take that next level quite yet. I think there's a lot more of those stories than there are the Kane Brown types where they really sort of turn that corner and aren't able to sustain some long-term success. Yeah. I think maybe like TikTok rushes people into success instead of ramping up to it, you know, and yeah, the longevity there. So, but we'll see. I mean, this guy seems to be the real deal that I like that he, came over and tried to make it and then went back. And then, you know, he's paid his dues. He's kind of like a mix of both. He's paid his dues and he's getting famous off TikTok. So I guess we'll kind of find out if if this works a little better. You know who I could, there's kind of a parallel to, a totally different type of artist, but a similar story, I think, is Walker Hayes. Because Walker, you know, he gave it a try 10, 12 years ago. Um, had a little bit of success and I think was even signed, but didn't really make much of anything. Then he, you know, he was taking straight jobs. He was writing songs. He had a family. Then he came back and really it was his approach to TikTok and social media um, that blew up songs like Fancy Like, even though he had a little bit of success prior to that, but like Fancy Like became a huge hit thanks to social media. Yeah, you nailed that. That's, yeah, that's a perfect comparison because... Yeah, you nailed it. I remember talking to Walker, and he was saying he worked at Costco just trying to make ends meet, and after his record deal or whatever went through, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, he, he's kind of like Nate Smith in the sense of they're, they've put in their time and then kind of went back home, took their ball, went back home, and this new medium kind of found them, per se, and... Now the world knows more about them. It's almost like you could go through, like I go through old pictures of like my daughter from like two years ago, or maybe not even that old pictures of me, like throwback pictures that no, that no one has ever seen. 
that were so good, but you know, they're just in the past before all that time. And you know, you just, you never know. The, the artists that do it right, use it as a tool and then they don't let it define them. I think like, yeah, a carpenter uses a hammer. He's not the hammer. Like, I think that's right. the way to go about it. And I'm sort of thinking myself into a theory here. I, I guess on how to use <laughs> social media if you're, if you're an artist. And I think that's probably where, because he says he, he loves using it to test out music on fans. And he even said, like, if artists aren't using it, like, he doesn't say, like, TikTok is where it needs to be or where yeah. you, know, you can blow up your so, career. Well, let me ask you, so where would you put somebody like Lil Nas X that, like, of course, had, like, the number right. one song in, of the, in the world? Like out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, well, that song, I mean, he was definitely a, a, a TikTok artist first, and it blew up in so many different genres. Um, but he also sort of found his people really quickly as well. Like, he became a hip-hop artist that attracted those fans. He had some fans in country music. And then when he came out as gay, he kind of became part of the LGBT community as well. So he, he sort of found his people in sort of a bigger sense than, like... Um, Andrew Janakos, like his brand wasn't quite as identifiable as, you know, little Nas X. He, he quickly crafted a brand for himself that, uh, that got out there. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Has he had, has he really followed that up with anything that has been like, I know he hasn't had another Old Town Road, but has he had a, another song that's been like as successful or done fairly well? Yeah, oh yeah, and his albums do well, and he gets a lot yeah. of play on pop radio and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's got deals with Nike or whatever. I don't know. I mean, he, he, I think, I think he and like Nate Smith and Walker Hayes. I think these are all great examples of the possibility of longevity um, from you know launching per se from a social media platform. But it's still not a lot of longevity. We still need about 10 more years to find out if those artists, you know, right. could TikTok have produced a Luke Bryan? Could TikTok have produced a Keith Urban? We'll never know. Maybe we'll know, but it's going to take 20 years and 25 number ones to find out. Yeah, I think social media is sort of almost like the new singing reality show. Like it's doing what American yeah. Idol and, and The Voice used to do. Yeah, I mean, think about how many people out there can sing their butts off doing karaoke in small towns in North Dakota that, you know, 10 years ago, no one ever cared or ever. Now you catch one on video and put it online and it goes viral. Boom. That person is a famous singer. You know, none of that stuff could have happened before. You know what else I think is cool about, about this? And I guess in my last slot on, on, on Nate Smith is like, he's not like 10 or 15 years ago, all the male country singers kind of looked the same. They're all like some level of thin and muscular. Um, yeah. But like, you know, now, now we see a lot more different types of body types and like people are allowed to be hairy and they're kind of allowed to be, look like Ernest or, um, you know, even jelly roll is kind of the extreme example. Like that's much more normalized now. And I think social media is a large part to do with that because people can find their people and support people that look and sound like them. And I think that that's a pretty cool thing that that's been helpful in, in country music and beyond. Yeah. You definitely nailed that. I mean, I'm not touching that one, but you nailed it. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a, it's a sticky topic. I, I, you start getting into it, but um, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of neat that uh, some inclusivity there.